0: Um, as uh, you heard me speak last week, we wanted to just dedicate a few Sunday sermons to the book of James. To the book of James, and we want to do that this morning. Would you join me by standing and opening up your Bible to James chapter 1? James chapter 1. So last week we spoke about who James was, and we talked about him as the great apostle, the leader of the church of Jerusalem, right? We mentioned that he's not one of the twelve. Know that he was what? The brother of Jesus, the half-brother of Jesus, same mother, different father. Uh, Jesus had the heavenly father. Um, Jacob had the biological father. And we, we talked about who he was, and, and he did not follow Jesus in Jesus' earthly ministry, is what it seems to us. But as the Apostle Paul taught us, that at, uh, during, his, during Jesus' time of resurrection, his 40 days here on earth, he showed up to Jacob. And it seems that that resurrection encounter changed Jacob's life to the point that he became the leader of the Jerusalem church. Came the leader of the Jerusalem church and we talked about how Paul calls him a pillar and we talked about how um, uh, Peter gives report to him and the apostle Paul gave report to him and we talked about how impactful the life of James was. To the point of how he gave his life when the Pharisees told him hey go to the pinnacle and and tell the people let's minimize Christianity a little bit and he went up there and he preached the resurrected Jesus he was like no one is gonna change my mind I saw him myself and he went up there preached it cost him his life and I share with you one point an encounter with Jesus changes our lives forever changes our lives forever and then we had a few applicational points um, just to remind us on on how to live this life that impacts others, and today, we want to kind of just go into, uh, in the next few Sundays, just some of the teachings of the book of James. Now, when you read James, some people say it's the parable of the New Testament, because there's just constant teaching and refreshing and teaching. And as you go through the five chapters, you'll see that James is just kind of dropping in nuggets and, and teaching us and encouraging us. And and he's pretty rough sometimes. When you read the book of James, you're like, wow. Um, but he'd been through so much, and he had this leadership Uh, this influence of a leader, and he wanted to really teach the church, admonish the church, encourage the church. So today we want to just focus on um, the first chapter, verses 2 to 12. They're pretty popular verses that call us for perseverance, and our theme today is perseverance in trials. Perseverance in trials, James chapter 2, James chapter 1, verses 2 to 12. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. For if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But whenever you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position. But the rich should take pride in their humiliation, since they will pass away like the wildflower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. It blossoms, falls, and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. Verse 12, kind of finishing the thought. Blessed is the one who perseveres on the trial because having stood the test, That person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Our theme today is perseverance in trials. Perseverance in trials. Father, we thank you, Lord, for our time today, Lord. Thank you for the teaching of your word. It's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It's the compass of life. It's what leads us and guides us each day, Lord. I pray, Lord God, that the teaching of your word would land in our hearts today that our Sunday would change our Monday, that it would be an applicable word, Lord God, that we could apply to our lives this very day or first thing tomorrow morning, Lord, and draw us closer to your will, O God. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Perseverance in trials. So as we all know, trials are a part of life. How many say amen? Amen. Everyone has to go through them. Everyone has to go through them. In fact, there's a great... So the Sermon on the Mount is Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. And you hear the Sermon on the Mount and Jesus is teaching us, right? Throughout all these three chapters. And he's teaching us different things. The Beatitudes and and he talks about divorce. And he talks about a number of things. And then in chapter 7, he finishes the chapter saying, He who applies his word to his life is like the builder who, puts, who built his house upon the rock, when the storms came, uh, it sustained itself. And then he also uses the, illustrator, uh, the illustration that if we don't do this, we are like those who build their house on the sand, and when the storms come, our, our houses are destroyed, and it says it brings us to great ruin. Why do I bring this story? Because this parable teaches us that storms come to all people comes to all people. Some will manage their storms by building their house on the rock, and others will manage their storms by building their house on the sand. And when we we build a house on the sand, it brings us to great ruin. So we need Christ, we need God, we need the Holy Spirit to help us in our times of trials. James, he could write about perseverance in trials because he was no stranger to trials. As we spoke about last week, he had to deal with doctrinal conflict within the church, He had to deal with it, he had to teach, he had to lead, Uh, he had to deal with cultural issues, Jewish people and and Gentiles and circumcision and all the stuff he had to deal with. He had to deal with the persecution of the church. You talk about the boldness of James. James was the leader of the Christian church in the same city that our Savior was crucified. He had to constantly deal with the persecution of the church, the persecution upon his life, so as we shared last week, it cost him his very life. Right? So, so he knew firsthand what the suffering of the gospel was all about. Uh, and he starts off, so, so as, I sh- as I shared with you, these five chapters are five chapters about just James dropping in teachings there. And he wants to start James 1 with the teaching of perseverance in, in, in times of trial. Because he knew that this was a hot topic for the first century Jewish church, Christian church. It was a hot topic for them. And he starts off letting them know, hey, you could persevere under trial. And he tells them uh, that there is a purpose to our trials, the purpose of trials. He tells them, in fact, verse 2, we read it, he said, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. Pure joy. He doesn't say consider it joy. Pure joy. In Spanish, sumo gozo. And I think, when I think about it, I say, you know, who would write that, right? But he says consider it pure joy. Understanding that the word joy here is not happiness. It's not laughter. The word joy here has to do with a place a location in which we find ourselves in the midst of the storm it has to do with our our confidence and our faith in god to know that he is sovereign and he rules so he's saying consider it pure joy be still and know that god is god in the midst of your circumstances And and i love that he says whenever you face trials of many kinds he's saying trials are going to come different ways because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So he's letting them know there's a reason, James tells the church, there's a reason that you're going through what you're going through. Uh, That you would persevere, that the work would be done. And the word persevere here is patience. We'll talk about that in a second. It has to do with you standing your ground. And he says, uh, we're all going to go through trials of many kinds. And we are reminded that God is with us. Today we all deal with trials uh, every day, uh, every week, different levels of trials and different seasons of our lives. Uh, you know, trials come in different ways and what do they look like for us? Some people have to deal with things because of sickness. Sickness comes to us and we hear and, and it produces a trial and a hardship for us. Others have to deal with trials because of conflicts in relationships, right? Uh, we, we end up saying the things that we should not say or, or we don't say what we should have said. Or we do the things that we weren't supposed to do or we didn't do what we should have done. It causes conflict. Sometimes we haven't done anything wrong and we still find ourselves in, in, in relational conflicts with other people. And it causes us stress. It, it causes us trials. Sometimes uh, conflict comes through finances. Not enough to pay the bills. Not enough to fulfill the The things that we need to fulfill and it causes us stress and anxiety. And we start thinking about changing of jobs and work and double and and second jobs. and, And all these things begin to cause trials and hardships for us. Sometimes trial comes through unexpected traumas. How many times have we said, my God, I never thought that I would be where I am right now in this circumstance and unexpected trauma you know, when something has happened in our lives and maybe the loss of someone or, or maybe we've fallen into an accident of some sort and has and altered our lives and altered our circumstances and, and we got to deal with, with hardships because, because of it. Sometimes it's our own bad decisions. We made a bad decision and it took took us into a trial. It took us into a hardship and and we got to deal with it. Sometimes it's our own weaknesses and vulnerabilities and our insecurities that take us into into places. And we're like, Lord, I I need you. And and we recognize that this is not easy. Trials come to all of us. James is writing here and he's teaching the church um, that that God is in the midst of the trials and that they have purpose. In fact, I love that he tells the church, persevere in the sense of trials. And again, that word persevere is patience. The word here uh, means steadfastness. It's saying in the midst of your trials, be steadfast. It's talking about endurance. Endurance. It's not talking about action. It's talking about endurance. It's talking about dealing with a circumstance. In fact, uh, uh, many contemporary versions will use the word, you know, waiting. Waiting. In fact, Good News Version says, endure until the test is over. It's talking about waiting. So uh, the Apostle here, James, is reminding us: be patient in times of trial. He's saying, be steadfast, waiting, endure. This is the process he says, in which your faith grows. That's what he's saying. He's saying this is the process in which your faith grows. And the growth in our lives is seen through maturity, perfection, how we handle ourselves in the midst of it. And all of us have to go through different times and and different circumstances. Just because we're believers or Christians, we cannot expect that we can bypass hardships know uh they're part of our lives in fact an unknown un- an unknown author said this be uh being on a spiritual path does not prevent you from facing the darkness but it teaches you uh how to use the darkness as a tool to grow to remind it to us that our hardships are used as a as a tool to grow maybe you're here today and you feel like you have done all that is right and you still Find yourself in a hardship, in a hard predicament. I've, I've lived right, I've done right, I've made the right decisions and looked look where I am. I want to tell you today that there's something that God wants to reveal to you through your hardship, through your time of perseverance, uh, through the time of the testing of your faith. There's something that he wants to do in you. There's a new level of growth that he wants to bring to you. Um, There's something that God wants to do in our lives. He wants to deliver you. He wants to show you his power. He wants to show you his sovereignty. He wants to show you that he is with you. He knows past, present, and future. And he is going to deliver you through your time of persecution. He wants to show us this. Well, that's easy to say and that's good. That's a good preaching to say, well, yes, God is with you in the midst of your perseverance. But what does that mean? How do I do that? How do I wait on the Lord? Because it's easy to say it. Hold on, steadfast, endure, don't worry. I know what you're going through god is with you and that's good christian lingo but how do i apply it to my life today how do i endure how do i how do i hold on in this hardship that i'm dealing with so i love that james doesn't just tell us this is what is happening james tells us how we endure how are we steadfast three things that james tells us how many are ready Number one, the first thing he says is ask for wisdom. Uh, He says, he who will ask wisdom, ask it of God who gives generously. That's the first thing that he says. He reminds us in this request that God is not far from us. That he's close enough to you in the midst of your trial to hear your prayer. That he's not far from you. That he's attentive to your cry. He's attentive to your pain. He's attentive to your hardship. And he understands that this is not easy. And I love that James is telling the church, in the midst of your hardship, ask for wisdom. He sees your trials. He sees your temptation. He sees your hardship. And he sees it up close. And I love that he says, ask. The Bible tells us sometimes that we do not receive because we have not asked. And I love that he says, ask for wisdom. Know who we're asking wisdom from. He's the omniscient God, the sovereign God that knows past, present, and future. He sees all things. He sees what we see and he sees what what we don't see. He is transcendent from barrier to barrier. God exists, yet he's imminent. He can dwell in the deepness of our hearts. So he says, I know all things. I discerned all things, I have all knowledge, and he says, ask me for wisdom in this circumstance. Uh, ask for wisdom, wisdom comes from the Lord for us. See, many of us are knowledgeable. Well, you know, if you've been in the gospel for some time, and you are knowledgeable. Many are knowledgeable. We've been going to Sunday school for years, man. Bible Institute, some of us have been to Bible Institute twice, you know. We are knowledgeable. But sometimes, we don't know how to apply the knowledge to our lives. We don't have the wisdom for it. Right? Knowledge is to know that this is a shirt and these are pants. Wisdom is to know that the shirt goes up here and the pants go down here. Right? Sometimes we got it all, but we just don't know how to locate it in our lives to give us good direction so that we'll have the right appearance. And the Lord says, look, in the midst of your circumstance, ask for wisdom. It's important. And I love that he says, I'm going to give it to you generously. There's a part in the scriptures I love where the Lord says, I'm going to give you spiritual wisdom, right? Uh, Only wisdom that God can give us. This is so important that we would understand that God wants us to discern what is the right thing to do. He wants us to discern it. He wants us to discern what is the right thing to do in the midst of our trials. He's not putting us in the midst of a desert without a compass. No, no, he wants us to make good decisions in our time of testing. You know we, you know in my morning prayers i 've said this on a few occasions. I say things like lord i 've been quoting james uh, Chapter 1, verse 5 here for a long time. Lord, he who lacks wisdom, asking of God, you know me. You know Carlos. I need you, Lord. And I pray, so Lord, give me wisdom to be a good husband. Give me wisdom to be a good father. Give me wisdom to be a good friend to my friend, a good brother to my brother. Give me wisdom to be a good uncle to my nephews and my nieces. Give me, good wisdom. Give me wisdom to be a good pastor, to be a, to be a good leader. And I go down the list. Of every relationship and every responsibility that has been entrusted to me. Because the Lord said, ask and I know that if you leave me without him, I am in trouble. So we ask for wisdom. Look at what Ecclesiastics chapter 3 says. You guys have heard these verses this many times. I'm going to read a few verses, 8. There's a time for everything, a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plan and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal. when I read this I go how do we know when to do what? <laughs> how, how, how do I know when it's time to plant and when its time to uproot? How do I know when it's time to tear down? and when it is time to build? How do I know when it's time to weep? Or, or time to laugh? or When is it time to scatter the stones, or time to gather the stones? How do I know when it's time to embrace... or it's time To refrain from embracing, how do I know? James gave us the formula, he said, ask for wisdom. Ask for wisdom. Yeah, we we know that we're going to have to do those things, but we just don't always know when we have to do it, and he given us the formula and he says, ask for wisdom. Life brings us trials and at times we don't know how to handle them. We don't know when to be aggressive and we don't know when to yield. And there is a time for us as individuals and for the church to be aggressive. And there's times for us to yield in godly wisdom. You see, not every argument needs to be won. How many say Amen? I've used this term often with our our team. I say, it's not a hill that we need to die on. Not every argument needs to be won. Sometimes it's just better to yield, to eat humble pie, to take responsibility. When we think about the circumstance and the individuals involved and the situation involved, sometimes it's just better to, to let it go I don't need to win this argument every single time. And my wife right now is saying, God, you're speaking to him. She's saying, God, you are speaking to him today. We don't need to win every argument, right? It's time to you. How do we know this? How do we know this? Wisdom. Wisdom from the Lord helps us is the wisdom that God gives us that leads us to every heavenly blessing that God has for us in every circumstance that we have to persevere through. Do you remember the story uh, uh, in 1 Kings chapter 3, the two prostitute women that were under the reign of King Solomon, and they both had children very close together, three days apart, And the Bible says that one night, one of the women rolled over their baby, and their baby died, and in the morning, she swapped babies. So that means that her dead baby was put in the bed of of the other woman, and she took the live baby and kept the baby. And when the woman woke up and noticed that the baby next to her was dead, and she realized it wasn't her baby, she brought an argument, and they bring the hard cases to the king. So they brought the case to King Solomon, the wisest of kings. We know the story of King Solomon, how wise he was, and he says, "Get me a sword. I'm going to cut this baby in half, and each mother will get half the baby." And we see the wisdom there in Solomon, right? Because he's he's um, the wise king, and we know the story behind him. What I suggest to you this morning, though, is the woman with the baby that was alive was more wise even than Solomon that moment. She knew it was time to yield. And she said, no, let her have the baby, right? She was willing to yield and give up her baby. And there, Solomon in his wisdom knew that that was the real mother, and you know the story, she got the baby. Sometimes in our hardships, it's better to yield, and when we yield, we find the blessing that God has for us. Blessing. We find the blessing that God has for us. But, it must come through wisdom. We see God's wisdom at work in Solomon and in the mother. In your hardship, I want to encourage you that a day would not go by that you would not pray for wisdom. If we were to approach God every morning with wisdom, needing wisdom for our day, our lives would be better. Uh, we may not, or we still may have to go through our hardships, but we'll know exactly where everything needs to go, and at the right time, God will give us the blessing. He will bring the growth to our lives. He will teach us the lesson. He will glorify Himself. Why? Because His wisdom is what's making decisions in our lives. And the church says, Perhaps you're going through some things today, I want to encourage you. Ask the Lord for wisdom. If I could encourage you anything right now, I want to encourage you that you would wake up every morning and in your morning prayer, you would stop. And it would not be a religious prayer, but it would be a heartfelt, sincere prayer. Lord, give me wisdom for today. Name it to the Lord. Lord, I'm dealing with some people in my job that I don't always understand, but you're in that. You want, to, you want me to grow through that circumstance. You want to reflect your image in that circumstance. You're doing something in me and I, you're calling me to yield. Give me wisdom, O oh Lord. Or perhaps it may be a time to build. It may be a time to be aggressive. It may be a time to laugh. We, we, we don't know, but we ask the Lord, Lord, give me wisdom. Maybe we're having conflict in our homes, in our marriages, The wisdom of the Lord, I promise you, will heal every circumstance in your house. The wisdom of the Lord reigning over your lives. Maybe it's a conflict with your children. It's conflict within relationships. Ask the Lord if He has entrusted you with something. Don't approach what He has uh, entrusted you with without His wisdom leading you. I don't care how many years of experience you may have. I don't care how much knowledge you may have, how much success you may have had. Don't approach it without the wisdom of the Lord. I want to encourage you today. How do you persevere in trials and hardships? The first thing you do is you ask for wisdom. And the church says, number two, ask God believing, verse six. you ask you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind that person should not expect to receive anything from the lord such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do it's a prayer of faith our prayer must be a prayer of faith it cannot be a religious prayer it cannot be a religious prayer. religious prayer doesn't, it doesn't make the roof. It, it cannot be a, a religious prayer. It cannot be a prayer of responsibility. Compli, I, I fulfilled my responsibility. I said my two verses and I prayed. It, it cannot be that. It, it must be sincere. It, and I'm not talking about time. I'm talking about heart. It could be a two-minute prayer, but it must come from the profoundness of our heart that says, uh, Lord, uh, give me wisdom. Lord, I, I believe that you will. I believe that you will. That we will be people of faith that really believe God. A prayer that believes God for his leading and believes God for his intervention. A prayer that believes that God will intervene in the midst of our circumstances, in the midst of our hardships, uh, that he is attentive and at the right time he will intervene and we can be sure that he's leading us. And if we don't wait on God's leading, if we don't wait on his wisdom the bible says that we are double-minded and we cannot expect anything from the lord you know sometimes we'll ask the lord and we want to have faith but our actions will show different we'll believe what the neighbors say we'll believe what the neighbors say right uh, we'll believe what the crowds say you know when jesus was entering into jerusalem On a cult, they followed the crowds. When the crowd said, Hosanna, everybody said, Hosanna. When the crowd said, crucify Him, everybody said, crucify Him. They followed the crowd. Sometimes, in the midst of our hardships, we find it easier just to do what everybody else is doing. We find it easier. But God's will is not found in the crowds. Right? We need to step out of the crowd and have a personal encounter with Jesus for ourselves. Our faith needs to be a faith of, of, of an indiv- individual encounter. It cannot be a community faith. It needs to be a personal faith. I, I, I love that Pastor Abby quoted the woman with the issue of blood. You know, she stepped out of the crowd and found herself face to face with Jesus. And she received her healing. Uh, the, the, the man with leprosy came out of the crowd and said, Jesus, if you're willing, you can make me well. It was a personal encounter, stepping out of the crowd. We cannot follow the crowd. Sometimes we say a prayer, but we, we do what we think is best anyway. Sometimes we respond to the trials uh, uh, in the midst of fear and panic. Sometimes in the midst of our hardship and tribulation, we're just looking for the easiest way out. What's the easiest way? And sometimes the easiest way has something to do with lying, deceiving manipulating deception and because it seems to be the I could just lie my way out of this hardship it'll be all behind me Jesus will forgive me grace is found there and I could just get past this I want to tell you that Jesus will forgive you but your hardships and trials now have compounded have compounded because you can never find God's will for your life in the midst of lying, in the midst of deception, in the midst of manipulation. You could never find God's will there. It's, it's just not possible. Our faith tells us that God is in charge and that He will help us so we must do it God's way. And God's way is obedience. God's way is patience. God's way is truth. God's way is integrity. God's way is all that is right and righteous and just. That is God's way. And sometimes it may seem that God's way is even tightening the vice more in our time of persecution. But we know that our faith tells us that it's there where we will find the growth that we need, the maturity that we need, and the will of God for our lives. And cost us what it cost us we must believe god for it that's a prayer of faith a prayer of faith is not just to say lord deliver me but it's to take an action that reflects all that christ is doing and will do in our lives and anyway, at times we want god to help us but we want to do it our own way the psalmist reminds us for those who wait on the lord some there's a multitude of verses but just a few psalms 37 34 wait for the lord and keep his way and he will exalt you to inherit the land psalm 37 wait wait for the lord and keep his way do it god's way and he will exalt you to inherit the land you know and I, i take that as not an eternal blessing but a blessing for our present time. Inherit the land. He will give us the things that we need. Psalm 62:5. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence. For my hope is from Him. My hope is from Him. Wait, wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Our hope is in the Lord. I can share with you different stories of people that, in the midst of their trials and hardships, they waited on the Lord. How about Paul and Silas, right? In Acts chapter 16, they're in jail. And they're in jail for doing the right thing. They liberated a young girl from demon oppression or demonic uh, uh, oppression, right? They liberated her. And now they're in jail because of it. Read the story. It's a great story. And at the midnight hour, They began to worship the Lord. And the Bible says that uh, uh, that the the Lord sent uh, an earthquake and it it loosened their chains and everybody's chains was loosened there. And then the jailer came, the watchman came and he saw that the jail doors were open and he said, oh my God, he was about to take his life. And And Paul tells him, don't hurt yourself, we're all here. And he looked at Paul and he said, What must I do to be saved? There's an incredible story there of faith, of trust, of doing the right thing and seeing the hand of God be glorified. Paul and Silas could have said, this is the Lord liberating us. But it wasn't the right thing to do. It was breaking the law. It wasn't the right thing to do. They had to face the judge in the morning. He tells the watchman, we're all here. Don't let your heart be troubled. The watchman says, what must I do to be saved? When you read that story, that man's whole family was saved that day. In the midst of his trial, man, he sought out the Lord, acted in faith, and there was a greater outcome. Sometimes, God is just using us as an instrument to reach somebody else. And, you know, you may say, well, that's tough. I got to struggle, I gotta, I gotta work hard, I gotta persevere, and the Lord is just using me to encourage somebody else. We're all just instruments in His hands. We've been redeemed. What is redeemed? Redeemed means that He has saved us. He has bought us out of slavery. We're no longer slaves to this world. We're no longer slaves to Satan or sin. But we are now His servants. And He does what He wants to do with us and through us. And some of you here, Some of us have been through some things and God is just using you as an instrument to encourage someone else so that the other person can say, what must I do to be saved? That's the prayer of faith that says, Lord, I will do what is right because you are ultimately in charge. You are ultimately in charge. And the church says, so I want to encourage you Ask for faith. Maybe you're here today and you're just dealing with some trials, some hardships in your life. Man, a prayer of faith. A prayer of faith. You know, Believe God that He is engaged in your life right now. He's there asking for wisdom and believe Him for it. He is engaged right now. He's in your circumstance. He knows your cry. He knows your hardship. He knows your pain. He knows your perseverance. And your job is to do it His way. Faith says, I'm going to do it God's way. And you will see God deliver. And you will see what He's doing in you and through you. And the church says, Amen. So we're talking about how, how to do this, how, how to persevere. How can we be steadfast, patient in trial? How do we endure? Trials are hard. They come to all of us. How do we persevere through them? We ask for faith, is what James tells us. He tells us to ask, ask for wisdom. Ask in faith. And number three, ask God knowing that he is just. Ask God knowing that he is just. Verse 9 and 10. Believers in humble circumstance ought to take pride in their high positions, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation since they will pass away like a wildflower. So here he's talking to two different type of people. He's talking across the spectrum here. He's talking to two ends of the community to try to engage all people. He's talking to the poor and he's talking to the rich. We know that in every community, but back then as well, it even affected the church, poverty and rich, right? And he is talking to all of them he says, listen, you who are poor, be encouraged because of your faith in Christ, you are exalted. Because of your faith in Christ, you are exalted. To the rich, he says, don't be too hung up on your riches because when you pass away, they're all going to wither and go to waste anyway. And he's letting, he's letting the people know here that we are all the same. God is, God, uh, uh, ask God knowing that he's just, that he treats all people equally. Regardless of gender, regardless of where they were born, regardless of the color of their skin or the language that they speak, God is letting us know that He is going to treat all people equal. He has no favorites, is what the Bible says in the book of Romans. He has no favorites. favorites. We are reminded that He is just, and He values all people the same way. Regardless of our past sins our past failures, or regardless of how long we've been in the gospel. We are all the same to Him. We are His people. Regardless of your legal documentation or your financial status, everyone has value, and God will treat us all the same. He will offer us all the same saving grace. He will offer us all the same why there's value in each and every one of us here today. Perhaps you deal with low self-esteem. Perhaps you're dealing with some struggle in life and you feel that, that you are not worthy, that you don't have enough to offer, that, that, that you, you, you are not placed in the right place, and maybe you feel like you weren't born to the right family. Maybe you feel like you're, you're dealing with certain circumstances. I want to tell you today that God loving you, He's positioned you in the right place to experience His wisdom, His strength, His help to lead you in every circumstance. I want to remind you today that we're all special for God. There's no one that's better than the other. That's why in our lowest moments, no matter who we are, God was there. In our most sinful state, in our most darkest hour, regardless of who we are, God was there and He offered us the same saving grace. I want to encourage you, regardless of your circumstance and regardless of who you are, ask God to help you because He's just. And as He helped me, He will help you. And as He helped you, He will help me. And the church says, Amen. Amen. I'm going to bring the teaching to a close this morning. Perseverance. Uh, In times of trials, James told us we're all going to go through it. He went through it. It was the first thing that he wanted to tell the church. This new baby church. James is believed to be one of the first New Testament books that were written. New baby church. He wants them, hey, hold on. Persevere. Ask for wisdom. Believe God in faith. And don't worry, regardless of who you are, God will meet you there. And through your trial and through your hardship, you're going to see God's will. You're going to grow. You're going to mature. God is going to be glorified. And at the end of it all, you're going to see how God is going to bless you and keep you in the midst of your perseverance. And the church says, So I'm going to finish with this great verse that I love. I've quoted it on on many occasions, and the musicians can come forward. Um, Luke chapter 22, verse 31 and 32. All right, so um, it's at the end of Jesus' earthly ministry, (laughs) and he tells uh, Peter, Simon, Simon, we know that to be Peter. Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. I love that. Jesus was telling Simon, Peter you're going to go through some hardships. You're going to go through some trials. You're going to have to persevere but don't let your heart be troubled. I'm praying for you that your faith would not fail. He didn't say I'm praying for you that you don't have to go through it. He didn't say I'm praying for you that some supernatural power would happen at the right moment. He said I'm praying for you that your faith would not fail. In other words, Jesus was letting Peter know, i got a plan with your life. I'm going to do something great and mighty with you, Peter. You're, you're, you're part of this first century church. You're, you're a leader here. I'm going to do great things with you. And we know the story of Peter. And he tells him, but you got to persevere. And you got to hold on to your faith. And when you have, come back. And encourage the brethren let them know that God delivered you let them know that God helped you let them know that God was with you that 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 your faith did not fail that I'm doing something in you and through you and you're growing and right now you don't understand and and uh, and yeah and in a little while he's gonna betray Jesus but he's gonna find them again and be restored and and there's a process in him but Jesus was letting him know You're going to have to persevere that when you're done with it, your life will be an encouragement to someone else. Church, we all go through hardships, but how we manage them defines our faith, defines who we are, how we manage them. And the church says, Amen. Can you give the Lord a hand clap for the teaching this morning? Hallelujah. 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 Would you join me by standing this morning? Perhaps you're here today and you are far from God. Maybe you're here today and you're far from God. You're like, you know, I haven't been to church in a long time. I'm not living right. I know that God is dealing with me. I know, I know that God is calling me. I feel like God is doing something new in my life. I want to I wanna surrender my life again to Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, I want to receive Him as my personal Savior for the first time. All that would mean is a prayer of faith that says, Jesus, enter into my heart and forgive me of my sins. And we'll lead you in that prayer. You won't have to do it by yourself. Maybe you're here today and you feel like, man, I'm, 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 I'm far from God. I want to tell you that we're all, we're all beggars that have found bread. Every single one of us. And all we can offer you is the bread that we have found. And His name is Jesus. I promise you, with Jesus, your, your, your latter days will be better than your past days. Your, former, your, your future days will be better than your past days. With Jesus, I promise you that. So if you're here today and you're saying, I, I, I need to change my life. I've been struggling through trials and I'm doing it all the wrong way. But with Jesus in my life, I can live the life that he's called me to live. And I can find grace, peace, and strength most important salvation for your soul if you're here today and you say that's me, I need Jesus as we sing this next song I'm going to encourage you to be so bold to come forward and we want to pray with you today, to the church that's here if you're battling something in your life and you feel like wow this was absolutely for me and you would like prayer to help you apply the word to your life, the altar is also open for you, we'd love to pray for you as well this morning God bless you, God keep you I will walk through the fire Thank you for taking the time to listen to this sermon. We pray it blesses and encourages your life.